0: Today's determined attackers easily bypass even the most advanced network defenses. Trying to ramp up staff to detect their backdoors can cost thousands of dollars and take months, even years. With Active Countermeasures AI Hunter, we enable junior analysts to detect even the most advanced backdoors in a matter of hours. Sign up for a demo and purchase our product today by visiting ActiveCountermeasures.com forward slash BSW. Active Countermeasures, make every analyst a hunter. Rapid7 powers the practice of SecOps. Using shared data, analytics, and automated workflows, SecOps unites IT, DevOps, and security teams to make security an outcome of innovation. Rapid7 combines technology, expertise, and advocacy to drive vulnerability management, application security, incident detection, and log management for more than 7,000 organizations worldwide. Power up your SecOps practice with a free trial at rapid7.com forward slash securityweekly.
1: Welcome back to Business Security Weekly. I am your host, Matt Alderman, joined by Paul Asadorian. RSA Conference 2019 is the place to be for the latest in cybersecurity data, innovation, and thought leadership. From March 4th to 8th, San Francisco will come alive with cybersecurity's brightest minds as they gather together to discuss the industry's newest developments. Go to rsaconference.com forward slash securityweekly dash U S 19 to register now using the discount code five U nine S W F D to receive $100 off a full conference pass. All right, Paul, let's go through some leadership articles. We went a little long on the last segment for Hmm. people listening. Uh, So we'll we'll see how many of these we can get through um, today. All right. My first one, how to be productive during the holiday season. We're in the holiday season, so how do we stay productive? A lot of people may start to kind of leave the office after Friday this week, and others of us will hang around closing out the year. Um, and this gives you some great tips of some of the things to do during the holiday season to stay productive. A couple of these resonate with me extremely well. The first one, make sure you're using your calendar. Um, I cannot live without my calendar. Everything. Has to be on my calendar, or it doesn't exist in my world.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally agree. The rest of the article is basically like, uh, make sure your office smells nice, and you have nice warm tea with cinnamon and stuff. I don't know about the rest of the article. <laughs> I yeah, was hoping fresh it was more.
1: Right? I I was like, uh, I but okay. yeah,
0: I, but I like to. So I think the rest of the article is kind of fluffy. But the I think important over a holiday break is to you know schedule your work and holiday time, is – you know many people take time off. I know I got certain things that, that I want to work on over break and it's a matter of, uh, you know, staying focused and planning your time. So I think the calendar is probably the best advice you could have in this article is to to plan your work time so that you can get caught up over holiday break. Take some time off, but also stay productive as well as at least for many, right? The communication side of the business largely slows down, right? We don't record any shows during break here at Security Weekly, Largely, everyone is taking time off, so I find it's a good time to catch up with technology, get some of your technology projects going.
1: Yes, you have some on your plate. I know we have to get ready for January. Yes, lots of fun. (laughs) That's when Paul's going to get them all done.
0: I hope so. We'll see. Uh,
1: Yeah, let's hope. Second article is a good article because I've been a remote worker for a while. And, you know, we, we see more remote workers these days. And so this article gets into, you know, how to be effective uh, at work from home without losing your mind. Um, I actually find it easier to be a remote worker personally. Uh, I I think I'm more productive here at home, but there Mm -hmm. are some interesting tips in here for people that are used to working in an office environment, transitioning to a remote workforce, working from home. There's lots of distractions. So there's some Mm -hmm. really good tips in here on, on how to help you. The first one is,
0: yeah, I don't need to read the article. Hold on, but I didn't read the article. Let's see if my tips match up. One, okay. you have to go to work, right? When you work from home, you have got to have an office set up. Some people like to get dressed. I didn't always do that when I worked at... I worked from home at Tenable for almost seven years, right? So these are my tips. So get dressed uh, and go to work. Your commute to work is going into the office and you're going to work. So that's, that's kind of the first tip. It's kind of a two-part thing. Have an office that is designated as your office and actually go to work. I've heard some extreme cases where people go like start their cars and like warm it up and then go back in the house. I think that's kind of weird. I wouldn't waste your time with that. Just, you know, go to work. Uh, the other thing is I like to, when I work from home, keep my sanity by being around other people. And so I, based on my work, I would, In my case, I would go to the cigar lounge. And what I did was, when I was doing the Tenable Network Security podcast, I needed quiet time to edit. So I would have to block off on my calendar. Like, I can't have any meetings. I got to have this time. And that was a good time to be around other people because I was editing the podcast. I could talk while things were processing and have that human interaction. So I think having certain times during your week where you can go work at a coffee shop or a cigar lounge or whatever. Um, it is a really good thing. Third, I think is also keep your communication channels, uh, open, have a chat, video chat, some kind of Slack is what it is today, right? Worked with Tenable before the days of Slack, have that channel open. So you're constantly communicating, uh, with your team. How am I doing so far, Matt?
1: You hit number one, number four, number eight. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the one you just you know, described isn't really there with, the social media channels, which yeah. I agree with. The the other one that I think is important here is get physical, right? We, mm-hmm. Because you're at home, you're, you, you walk to your office. Well, that might be around the corner or down the stairs, right? That's not really physical exercise. So one of the things is get out, mm-hmm. you know, get some physical exercise because normally you would commute to the office and walk into the office and you might go out to lunch. Those things you don't typically do when you're working at home. So mm-hmm. there's, some tips in here of going out and get some physical exercise, but yeah, you did pretty good. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Working nice from job. home for all that time. I definitely developed a strategy.
1: You have to, you have to, because the tendency is you, you just kind of, you don't separate your home life from your work life and yes, you just don't get into that. And then all the home distractions kick in and then you can't be yeah. Uh, very effective and i would say
0: schedule time for those home distractions so if you got stuff to do at home like you know laundry or the sprinkler system or whatever like just schedule those times so that maybe you take a half an hour 45 minutes at lunch. and since you're at home i can go do some stuff around the house and then and then go right back to work the the biggest thing was not raiding the fridge that was the hardest thing working from a home is you're just constantly, because you, you can just go right to your fully stocked, you know, refrigerator and pantry. Uh, so the, the diet was, was much harder working from home, I think.
1: Which is why you need the physical exercise. Yes. yes. So, so this article is, uh, Steve Jobs knew the benefits of walking every day. And this article is interesting because it's not just the physical. What I like about this article is by going out and walking every day, it gives you time to reflect. It gives you time to think. It gives you time to problem solve. Back to our last article, right? You're at home, you're working every day, you're trying to, you know, you're stuck on a problem. Go out, take a walk. It's a great time to clear the mind, get away from things. Mm -hmm. It's good benefits from a physical perspective, but it helps your mind deal with creativity and problem solving and some of the other things that you need to. And they talk about a number of folks uh, in our industry and around our industry that were walkers. They use it as a time to reflect and, and really create that um, that time to be creative. Yeah.
0: And some of the most amazing people in our field do this. Like Ed Scotus goes for a walk every day. Matt, you go for a walk every day. I think it's, it's more and more I'm hearing it when I look at entrepreneurs. They are walking on the treadmill every morning. It's something that I, I need to do a better job at. I have a treadmill in my house. I should probably use it more often or go for a well, walk, I, right?
1: I like to, yeah, I don't like the treadmill, actually. I like to go outside, mm-hmm. right? So we, we've we got kind of a, a, a loop that's about a half an hour to 35 minutes, depending mm-hmm. on the, the route, but it gives me time to get out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of create that uh, thinking time, gives you that physical kind of exercise you need of sitting around on your in front of your computer all day, yeah and honestly.
0: at your altitude that's a pretty good well i mean you're used to it, it. but if i were to come yeah. visit you and we would go for a walk i'd probably be a lot more tired than you are <laughs> at that altitude
1: <laughs> you would for for a few for days for a while right sure. yeah for a couple of days yeah. Yeah. yeah all right couple others in here um i thought this was a actually a pretty good article on how to talk to your boss when you're underperforming look everybody will hit this at some point in their career i've been there Paul, I'm sure you've been there somewhere along the way is, you know, you're not hitting expectations. So how do you deal with it? And um, y- there's some good tips in here for people who have never had to have these conversations before, you know, reflect on, you know, it, what's the root cause of maybe some of this, right? Maybe you you're having tr- struggles at home, your personal life, it's dragging with you at work, you know, reflecting on kind of where that core problem's coming from. Um, it talks about preparing to go have that conversation. I think a lot of people would be scared to be proactive, but if you're proactive and and you walk in and and we want to try to solve it, then your boss knows that you're serious about wanting to, to fix the problems. And so preparing to have that conversation is important. Uh, the one I love the most is just own up. Look, Mm. it's on me, right? I'm, 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 don't blame. Don't, um, yeah, don't make excuses. excuses, yeah. Right. Just own up to the situation and then ask for advice. Mm-hmm. Ask for advice from your boss. How how can we solve this? Right. Maybe it's a short-term fix. Maybe it's a long-term fix. We don't know yet. Uh, maybe you're in the wrong position or the wrong career. That's okay. Um, maybe the long-term plan is to move somewhere else in the organization or something like that. So some good tips for people who might have to face some underperformance uh, discussions. Yeah, I
0: think them. expectations is key. I think we touched on it last week as well expectations in both direction uh is key you know whether you're the manager or or working you know working for someone or the person working for that person it it doesn't in either direction there's got to be good communication and one of the key communication points is expectations
1: agreed the next one is on jobs so i always like to bring in some job ones i've got a couple here on jobs um there's a a really good Harvard Business Review interview on job hopping. And there's actually three stories in this one. So it's interesting for people, depending on where you are, I'm going to give you some pointers to where you might uh, get some really interesting information. The first story at the start of the article is a new college graduate going into the field first. But, you know, only there 10 months struggling and, and wondering if it's too early to change jobs so if you're just coming out of school going in really good story to listen to um, the middle story I think is the one that most of our audience would want to hear it's at uh, the 20 minute 40 second remaining mark and it's it, it's somebody that went and got their MBA and an MBA in in a specific field but then ended up, Shifting to a completely different Mm -hmm. field. Um, I I think he was, he went, got his MBA to do like international stuff, started working for a consulting firm and then transitioned into a number of sales roles that he was just, he constantly changed jobs. Uh, And so anybody in our field that is kind of at that level, you know, you went back to school, you've got an advanced degree, but maybe you're not working in that advanced degree area. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's about a little over 10 minute segment, Uh, very interesting for anybody who's struggling with kind of jumping around different jobs uh, at that level. I thought it was a really good one. Yeah. I think it's interesting
0: how the job markets changed. And so I graduated from college in 1999. And I think there was still that perception that you had to live under that you couldn't change jobs too often. Otherwise, you wouldn't be marketable as an employee of a company. And I think very quickly that changed. It was like actually around that time when I was graduating where that was starting to change. The dot-com bubble was exploding, hadn't quite burst yet maybe. It was maybe on the cusp of of bursting when I uh, entered the workforce and that like went out the window, right? Because people would change jobs because technology was changing so fast and their interests were changing along with the technology. And I think Fast forward to today, and even over my career where I've had to hire people in various capacity, interview people, even when I worked at the university, right? I didn't put a lot of weight to the changing jobs. It was more important to me to understand why they had changed jobs. And I think it's evolved today where I look at someone's resume and if they have changed jobs, that's a great conversation we can have. I want to know why. And I actually like to hire people that have experienced a failure, whether at a job or as an entrepreneur, because that's, so, that's extremely valuable experience. If you haven't done something and failed at it, I, you haven't had a lot of the experiences that are maybe required to have a job today. Having uh, your own company and failing at it, so important. So important. I'd much rather have someone that has tried stuff uh, and failed than you know, someone that maybe has worked the same job for 20 years or whatever. Right? Not to say that that's the sole decision, but in either case, to me, it's not necessarily negative. Whether you've worked the same job for 20 years or jumped around and tried a bunch of stuff and maybe had a few failures along the way, I think it all depends on the person today. And it, I, I think that stigma of "I can't change jobs because no one's going to want to hire me" I think that's largely non-existent today, or at least should be, in my opinion.
1: It, yeah, and the article gets into the, the, the this. It's an audio segment. Mm-hmm. The, the days of having two to four jobs in your entire lifetime, retiring and getting the gold watch are over yeah, yeah. Think, pretty much in our industry, to your point. Yeah. Um, but what this does is also helps you position when you're doing a job change and you've had lots of job changes, how best to position those. Um, this The third story that, that starts at uh, nine minutes and 40 seconds left talks about someone who came in as an entry level, loves the company, loves the opportunity, but is struggling because the company's not moving as fast as they want. Yep. And advice on how how either to resolve that situation internally and or how to position you Well, you're only there six to 10 months, why are you changing? So it gives you lots of good tips as you're changing jobs, if you've changed often, How to position those, each of those experiences in your next job interview. So that's why I thought it was a interesting listen anyways. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: All right. My next one on jobs in, and I think we all know this. I think we hit this one a little bit last week. Chief technology officers in high demand in financial sector. I think this will be everywhere, by the way. And this is this shifting role of chief technology officers being embedded into the business to help the business grow through technology adoption. Yep. The role of the CIO and the need to just have IT operations in in an environment is is dwindling. With cloud and hybrid, we're seeing the CIO's roles change and, and maybe diminish a bit. But what we're seeing in lieu of that is the CTO rise within the business to actually help the business leverage technology to help grow, um, technology in, in different products and service offerings for these companies. And I don't think this will be only limited Ugh. to the financial sector. I mm-hmm. think this will be widespread in the near future. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. And then I brought a couple little product ones in here. Uh, there's a really good, um, interview I'm not going to get into it here. There's a, a lot of nuances in this one, but there's a really good Harvard business review on why it's so hard to sell new products. And it really gets into the disconnect between development product teams and sales teams, lots of good tidbits in there if anybody's struggling with with bringing new products to market and and why your sales team's having a hard time selling them. Um, like I said, it, it gets into a, it does a it's uh, almost a half it's over a half an hour uh but gets into a lot of great nuances about sales personalities. What types of sales personalities are better for new products versus existing products? Really, really great um, conversation. The one I did want to look, focus on a little bit in the segment is is selling your product product while you build it. Um, yeah,
0: I didn't read this Matt, but I'm going to because this is the actually the last two articles you talked about are really. Strategic for not just our business, <clears throat> but what we're doing to help our customers as well,
1: right? Exactly. It's all about positioning. Mm-hmm. And if you think about the sales process, you have to understand problem, solution, product, market fit matter in our conversation with Bob. Yep. And this article on how to sell your product while you build it is, you know, it's about creating that initial product that that creates product market fit, solving a specific problem, and then over time, expanding. Now, that expansion can happen in a couple different ways. It could be more features and capabilities for that initial problem, or it could be solving new problems with that technology platform. And it kind of talks talks through how companies can be very successful building a broader product set once you have the initial product nailed and then understand from your customers whether you go horizontal or vertical um, in your product roadmap yeah. and, I and the
0: mistake that roadmaps. people make is <clears throat> they are trying to solve that initial problem in your first article you talked about maybe you have a tough time selling it they'll jump into diversifying the product either in in, in itself or creating offshoots of that problem too quickly and you see this on shark tank all the time where the the person Uh, who's making the pitch gets in, gets in trouble. Like I've got this product and yeah, like I'm having trouble selling it. Like I need an investor. I need help. And if they're too early jumping into, well, you know, I could sell it here or I could license it here or I could create this offshoot here. If they're too early, the investors start to lose interest really fast. Sometimes instantly like, nope, I'm out. Like, oh, I'm like, dude, you just shot yourself in the foot. Like, and you have to do what Matt said, find that product market fit, go all in in that initial product and then at a very strategic point start to add more features and maybe start to add offshoots as well Um, and and that's a very much a timing thing that you can see it happen in shark tank especially Um, when it happens too early it just can fall apart
1: yeah the biggest thing here is that that transition from phase one the initial product Mm -hmm. to phase two is the most critical and it's critical because you don't know if you're going vertical or horizontal, right? And it's that, that, that initial transition between those two phases that are, that are critical. But once you nail that and you are successful in phase two, phase three is, it's pretty much a replication of phase two. It gets, it actually gets easier over time, but it's that phase one to phase two from initial product to next thing Mm. that I think is the hardest one that people struggle with, um, getting right. And mm. and if you do defocus too quickly, or try to go after too many markets, you're going to sink yourself pretty quickly. Yeah,
0: yeah, you can't you can't make a full pivot like that too many times.
1: Exactly. All right, those were the articles uh, I had uh, for this week. Like I said, there's That's a couple great. really good yeah. audio podcasts from Harvard Business Review on both job hopping and why it's so difficult to sell new products. I recommend people, um, listening to that, uh, the one on the product side, it, it's a really good discussion on, on sales mentality, sales personality, and why sales can either help you or sink you in the mm-hmm. process.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, Matt.
1: <clears throat> uh, thank you. Uh, with that, this is our last show for 2018. I wish everybody a happy and safe holiday season, and we'll see you again on January 7th for episode number 112.